0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the fan side of Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. We're still waiting in limbo. We still don't have any idea when or if baseball is going to start in 2020. We have a few suggestions coming out from the league, but nothing near set in stone. So we're just going to try to keep it entertained the best we can until we know more. Adam, how are you doing tonight?
1: Fantastic, I haven't gone stir crazy yet,
0: yeah, you know, neither have I, neither have I I feel like other people around me have, but you know there there's some things I'm definitely getting tired of, but I'm not yeah. like blowing my brains out all over the wall with a wooden fork, I yeah and what made me think of that? that's, but. that's
1: an interesting. It's an interesting way of accomplishing that task. I think you could uh, probably achieve that less painfully if you wanted to, but I yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't encourage either method. Uh,
0: it's like I, this, it's like a zombie killing method, stab it with a wooden stick. Yeah. Stone. I mean, I I'm not
1: I wasn't going out, you know, multiple times a week anyway, but I am starting to miss, you know, just the you know, life the, the little things of just being able to go out and grab a beer or a burger with your buddies or or something. I you know, I'm starting to want to do that and obviously we're hopefully we're not too far away from being able to do that sort of thing again, but for now it looks like that's still out the window.
0: Yeah. The nice thing was here for a few days, it was like 70-80 degrees and right now as I look out today, it's snowing. Ooh. Yeah. And it, it literally, in a matter of a day, it went from 70, 80 degrees in late night thunderstorms, which is awesome because I love thunderstorms, and now snow, snowstorm. How cool is that?
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, it. I hate snow anyway. I wouldn't care if I never saw snow again for the rest of my life, but snow in April and beyond is, is just rubbing salt on the wound.
0: Yeah, you remember uh, 2018 when the Cubs home opener was postponed because of mm-hmm. snow? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and it was a blanket of snow too. Yeah, I really,
1: really hate snow.
0: Yeah, I'm not not the biggest fan of it either. I enjoy snow in the holiday seasons, but after New Year's, I'm sick of it. New Year's is like the cutoff. I like a white Christmas. Or a little flurry Thanksgiving, but after that, no thanks. No thanks. It's just a
1: pain to drive in, to walk around in. Like, yep. I I could do without white Christmas too, I guess. It it wouldn't
0: bother me if I never had a white Christmas again. The funny thing was that in Chicago, it was so warm. Like we wore short sleeves on Christmas. And Halloween, there was a snowstorm on Halloween. Weatherman i it's it, it, crazy, really, really crazy. Thanksgiving was typical Thanksgiving weather in Chicago. There was nothing really obscure about Thanksgiving, but christmas and and Halloween were what each other should have been. It was really, really odd. I'll never forget it. I never will. Uh, Before we go any further in the baseball discussion or Cubs discussion, I wanted to take a really, really quick moment because we weren't doing the show last week. I just, I want to say it now. I figured we should. Uh, I just wanted to give uh, a little tribute um, to uh, the late Ed Farmer. Uh, Ed Farmer was the longtime voice of the Chicago White Sox on the radio uh, with the organization for about 30 years doing that job. And, before he was a radio broadcaster, he was a pitcher in the major leagues, and he had a very solid career. He was with the White Sox a few years, was an all-star uh, one of those years, all-star reliever with the White Sox. Very big in the Chicago sports community, very classy guy. It's it's too bad he never had a formal retirement because he just passed away and he was just doing games last year. Um, so really sad to see him go. Just wanted to give a little shout-out to the White Sox community little tribute to Ed Farmer. Rest in peace, Ed Farmer. And congratulations on a very successful career in baseball, both on the field and behind the mic. Huzzah. Huzzah. Cheers to that. We'll never forget you, Ed. Light it up, as you would say. Okay, so, Adam, I don't know if you've been paying close attention to the rumors or the talks about trying to salvage a 2020 season to me as they go along it just seems less and less practical and more and more likely we might not have baseball have you read the latest proposal that came out in a report by a uh, passing
1: it, was it the one about uh, potentially just playing the whole thing in arizona
0: yeah 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 that that that
1: doesn't seem likely
0: no no i would it, take
1: that over no baseball at all no question about it but i uh, i really uh, am at this point i'm expecting no baseball i'm i'm just bracing for that so that it's it doesn't feel like such a painful blow when we actually get confirmation
0: i know I, and i know it's not going to happen this way um but like if there is going to be no baseball, I'd almost rather just have the band-aid ripped off. But just because yeah. there's so much money at stake, there's so much business and revenue to be lost, they're gonna try to hold out as long as they can and try to salvage a season. Yeah. And they're trying they're thinking of everything right now. Yeah. And I think one thing you know, one thing I'd really like to emphasize is that proposal we read, you know, some people took it as serious. But really, it was just ideas floated around that's nowhere even close to being set in stone. Well,
1: and I mean, the, we've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime, in mm-hmm. our parents' lifetime. And so, it, the, you know, proposals that seem ridiculous, uh, it, 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 we're at that point. We're at that point where we're go- we have to start seriously considering the unorthodox and things that just seem absolutely bonkers to us. We are at that point where those are going to have to become uh, options for us and i I agree with you that uh, I don't think it would be wise for them to to just rip the band-aid off right now and and call it quits because it, there's just so much uncertainty right now. I mean, mm-hmm. God willing, a couple weeks, two, three weeks from now, maybe we're doing a lot better and and we're drastically decreasing cases and mortality rate it, it trends in the right direction. Yeah, you know, I would hate for us to to really make a strong comeback, and then have MLB say, "Gee, I wish we we hadn't just outright canceled the season a couple weeks ago." Uh, But I mean, even optimistically, if there is a baseball season, it's obviously going to be way shortened. I don't see them playing, you know. Past late November into December, I don't think they would do that. No, uh, no. yeah, I think, I think at, at best we would get a, a much shorter regular season and they'd probably have to play some double headers uh, and it, it would be a weird experience. But like I said, at this point, I will take any sort of baseball uh, over nothing at all.
0: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the whole proposal. I think the biggest red flags are this. It's going to be hard to ask players to just live by themselves away from their families and quarantine for several months in hotels. I mean, being away yeah. from the family—that's that's a big, big yeah. thing. That's I think one, that,
1: you know, I think that would be really hard for them. But I think if there is any sort of proposal to have a season at all, I think that they the players will take it. Uh, It's not going to be an ideal situation. It's going to suck for them to be away from their families. But at the end of the day, uh, the only way they're going to get the real paycheck is if they play ball. And so if they have to to make some compromises for this season, then I think they'll do it.
0: I mean, they'll definitely, as time goes on, they'll definitely consider the more unorthodox more and more. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The other thing, too, is... You know, I'm sure this could be somewhat managed, but you know, it, it's it's just a, it makes it a little difficult because if we're talking about playing in Arizona, we're not talking about every team gets to play at climate controlled Chase Field. Yeah. We're talking playing outdoors, and if you don't know how hot it gets, let me tell you how it gets in Arizona midsummer, like dangerously hot. So you know, things like this are what makes proposals that may seem unorthodox, but somewhat doable, much, much harder. I I think, too, that you hear these proposals and you say to yourself, okay, this is just kind of brainstorming at this point. It's not really, even if they do come up with a plan that's sort of on this basis, the terms you read right now are not exactly what they're going to be because they wanted to start, at least according to this proposal, the thought was, oh, get this started all up in May. I can tell you right now that's not happening.
1: Probably not. I, I mean, that that would be great. The sooner the better. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i really not seeing that.
0: No, I, especially with the uncertainty now. Because it sounds like we're hitting the peak right now, at least according to the experts. And it's going to kind of be a wait-and-see type of basis over the next few weeks to see how big of a curve it is. Have we truly hit the curve so even if you do hit the worst of it within these next few weeks, you're in May already. By that time, and then you have to get the play. You would have to get the players together, and they're not just going to start the season. They got to get back into shape. They got to have some sort of getting back into rhythm type spring training deal. Obviously, not as long as traditional spring training, but they're going to need something. Yeah, it's it's just it's not as simple as you know as just all right, start playing right now. Just start. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That everybody would be blowing their arms out.
0: Oh, could you imagine?
1: Yeah, it would not. It would not be good. It would Could you imagine
0: a pitcher like you Darvish in that situation? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, he's precisely the kind of guy who, who needs uh, the spring training practice kind of time. All these pitchers, they, they can't just jump back into it. It's just not a possibility.
0: No, and I mean, not just you, Darvish, too, but think about guys like John Lester, who's older. Yeah. Think about guys on other teams like Max Scherzer, fireballers like them, Clayton Kershaw, tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's, like, just like you said, you know, even if they get the go ahead to start playing, uh, They're going to have to use a a pretty significant amount of time off the bat to get back into shape and practice. It's not going to be okay. You're cleared to do sports now, and you can have games. It's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of practice first. Uh, You know, maybe in in other sports, maybe not the case. I, you know, I could see basketball being that way. Basketball, they could probably jump back in pretty fast because I imagine, you know, a lot of these guys they they have ways of staying in shape at home. Baseball players do too, but it's it's apples and oranges there, and and guys have to have extended time to get their arms ready. So yeah, even even optimistically, they get to the go ahead to start playing in May or June. It, it's going to be a ton of practice time first, and that's that's a big part of the reason why if they do have a
0: baseball season at all, it's going to be short. Right. Exactly. Now here's another interesting question that I think is very valid let's say you do have a baseball season. I would be very, very interested to see if they would implement expanded rosters, because even if you come back and you do have somewhat of a spring training, it's, I still think just the way things were so thrown off, it's going to be harder and harder for starting pitchers. So would we see a season where you could see an expanded roster You have more arms on your roster, more players in general, and not see pitchers going nearly as deep as they would in a normal season. I think that's a very valid question to ask.
1: I think I think they would almost have to do that. I think it would
0: be you know, and
1: it's not even just uh, a matter of, of of would you be willing to do that. I almost I almost think that that's the responsible thing to do. Uh, if you're the commissioner, if there is a baseball season at all, I think it would almost be irresponsible not to expand rosters significantly. Oh, I agree. You know, I I know that's that that's that's not you know what we're used to in baseball, but these are just extraordinarily unique circumstances, and I think mm-hmm. that you you would have to open the door to to having teams have a, a lot more pitchers. I I just think that that would be a necessity, honestly.
0: I do too. And that kind of brings me to another question. Let's say they start the season, whenever July, late Mm -hmm. June, whatever. And this is just if. Would you really look for the Cubs to be contending? I mean, obviously, we want to, but I feel like if we have a shortened season, I feel like no matter what happens, it would be kind of an important time to evaluate what you have in the future. Yeah. And if we're talking about expanded rosters, more arms, that means giving more of your young arms a chance. And it's a time to really kind of see what you have. I-, I wouldn't have as big of expectations for the Cubs if they were in a shortened season. I would kind of just watch it and say, all right, what do we have for the future? I know that yeah. sounds
1: weird, but... So uh, a shortened season. Uh, this is weird for the Cubs because they they are such a streaky team, you know. Anybody who's watched them over the past few seasons knows that they they have extended periods where they're very boom or bust. Yes. And so if you have a really short season, it almost feels like a coin flip with the Cubs. Yeah. And it wouldn't yeah. shock me either way. You know, it, months from now, uh, shortened season's over with. It would not surprise me at all if you told me that they were absolutely horrible and they finished last in their division. Or it wouldn't surprise me at all if if you told me that they won their division by a wide margin. Neither scenario would shock me at all. They're that streaky. Uh, so if they have a really shortened season, then, yeah, it, it's just going to depend which, which streak they go on.
0: Yeah, I mean, they could they could be like the post lockout Blackhawks in 2013, really short season and Mm -hmm. and set all sorts of records for win streaks and run away with a championship or yeah, they could be completely awful and they could be streaky on the other end. It's, I mean, it is interesting to think about. The other thing you could think about too, is if it's a short season and baseball is a natural game of ups and downs it just kind of depends on how good you are no matter how good or bad you are you're going to have ups and downs except maybe for like the baltimore orioles a few years ago or the oh three tigers but you could you could see teams that are supposed to be bad yes actually not be as bad even though they're bad
1: yeah so and it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of teams because it's You know, if you start really cold and you have you have a a cold streak, you know, there there might not be any coming back from that. And that's going to that's going to put a lot of pressure on these teams, especially teams like the Cubs, who who just are, are in and out of the zone all the time and not very consistent.
0: Think about the teams that have the contending pressure on them, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers. The Astros. Teams like that, you know, when the season starts and it's shorter, they, they are the better teams in the league. Mm -hmm. They have the more talent, they have more pressure on them, but think about a team that's either flying under the radar, like Cincinnati with the moves they made an upcoming team like, yeah, the white Sox or like a random, not so good team, like the Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. And they're just probably thinking, Hey, let's just go out and play. This is this is their opportunity. See, yeah. like this kind
1: of opens the door for a team like the Cincinnati Reds
0: mm-hmm. to,
1: to actually do something significant, because now, you know, in, in, in normal circumstances, the middle of the pack teams, they hang around for a while, but eventually they get outlasted yes. by the very well built teams who have more depth in the pitching this opens the door for a team like the Reds who you know norm- un- normally you know they would they maybe sort of fade out of the picture because they just don't have the pitching this is their chance. You know all these middle of the pack kind of teams this is their chance.
0: Diamondbacks, that's another yeah. team. Yeah. You know it's the Reds and the Diamondbacks so like the two NL teams that made some improvements and have been you know given credit for it but even so I think on a national level people aren't looking at the Diamondbacks and the Reds to be better than the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Cubs, or even the Brewers at this point. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that would make things pretty interesting. It's, it's also kind of funny to think, I, I don't see in any scenario, even if it's a short season of the Marlins being good, but think about a team with no pressure and a shortened season. And you know, they added a few veteran pieces they can just be that really pesky, annoying team that just messes with other yeah, people where yeah. they're they're not good, but they're they're competing better than you thought they would. Yeah, and in this, a short season, it opens up a lot more opportunity, like you said.
1: Yeah, I think you know, the, the, the psychology of it, I think, plays a big role for a lot of these teams and just, you know, being unburdened by by the, you know, knowing your fate. Uh, could make all the difference in the world for some of these teams. And, and you know, I, I don't see the Marlins making a big splash, but, you know, any of no. those kind of teams that we would normally think of as bottom feeders, when when the pressure's off because, you know, you, you weren't going to have a good season anyway, uh, but now you, you you just let everything fly, it, it could be weird. I could see this potentially creating more parity in the league.
0: Yeah, think and another few teams you could think about too: the Mets, the Giants. Hmm. I mean, the Giants are not good. They are not good at all. But no, you could see them being kind of sneaking around down there. Or the Padres. Yeah. Think about the Padres. Uh, this you know this this could be a, a
1: big opportunity for some young guys in the minor leagues too, because you know if they have to extend or expand rosters. Uh, significantly, then, you know, this is this is a young guy's chance to prove he belongs, you know, maybe fast track some people to the major leagues uh, and maybe teams, you know, find out what they've really got
0: on their hands ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Absolutely. So until then, like we have said on many previous shows, we'll wait and see. We're still waiting and seeing. Yep. All right quick switch gears here um i wanted to just bring this question up to you just for funsies okay all right if you had to pick three active players that were on the 2016 chicago cubs and bring them back who would those three players be now keyword active so Nobody who's retired counts. You had to bring back three players from that team. From
1: which, say, you're going to have to repeat that to me. I'm sorry. 2016. From 2016.
0: Yes, that are no longer on the team and are still active in baseball. So they're playing on another team right now, but they were on the 2016 team. Okay. You want to bring them back. Who would those three be? I I assume that,
1: that if i'm bringing them back uh, I'm, I'm getting the current version of themselves and and not you know the way they were performing in 2016 or 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 is it the the former let's do because because if i can assume that they're going to perform similarly to how they did in 2016 then that makes this a lot easier i think
0: right let's let's do it in current form
1: in current form okay it makes uh, it harder. That makes it that makes it a lot harder. That's much that's harder for sure. Um, off the top of my head, and, and this this is tough. If we're going with their current form, I would probably bring back Dexter Fowler just because mm-hmm. I, I've really these past few years I've really wanted the Cubs to have a leadoff guy. You know, the leadoff guy, and I know Fowler hasn't played very well since he's left the Cubs, but I think he just. I think he just fit in really well with the Cubs and I have a feeling that if he was on the Cubs right now, it, things might be a little easier for him. I wouldn't expect him to, to replicate his twenty sixteen season, but no, it was a career. But, year. but just having, you know, a consistent leadoff guy, I think makes a big difference. So I would bring back Dexter Fowler. Um, I know Arietta has really struggled. These past couple of seasons too but he is still a valuable starting pitcher in the mm-hmm. league uh, and, and the cubs could make room for another guy in their rotation so uh, i'd bring back jake arietta too so the, so what I, i've got uh, fowler and arietta so far i've got to pick one more mhm uh, let's see here that's tough
0: i got mine pretty easily i'm going to see what Do you to say yes
1: Okay. Um you know, I uh, part of me wants to say Chris Coglin cuz I was a really big Chris Coglin fan oh, back I love in Chris day Coglin. and I don't even know why. I I just I just really liked the guy and I wish he could have stuck around with the team a little bit longer. I suppose uh, boy, but he's this, not active. This is hard. You know, if I'm going just for for pure value of the team then that's you know, it, that makes things different. But just to bring a, a sort of whimsical, fun uh, presence back to the team, maybe I would go with Kawasaki again. But I, uh, my practical answer will be Mike Montgomery, just to have another long arm in the bullpen. Uh, I know he didn't, he didn't particularly like his role on the team, but he, he, he served it well. So th- those will be my three: Fowler, Arietta, Montgomery.
0: Okay. So I would agree on Fowler. I'd agree on Arietta. You know, Fowler last year, despite like the 232 average or whatever, his OBP, he still had a very good OBP. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Where was it last year? 346. That's exactly the same OBP he had in yeah. 2015. I think he'd still make a good leadoff, man. And you know what? He hit 19 homers, career high 19 homers. One thing that I think um, that Dexter Fowler has added very nicely in St. Louis, he's upped his power game a little bit. So, you know, take that for what it is. I think it's clear that 2016 was the career year for him, but I still think he'd be very valuable at the top of that order. And with Arrieta, I think at this point, I take him as a five starter, frankly.
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as the numbers he puts up, yeah, that's that's probably closer to what his actual value is. You know, you look past the fact that he's a big name now and the big salary, but yeah, it's just production-wise, he's probably
0: just a four or five guy. But, you know, the Cubs could use one of those. Right. Now, the one that I was going to say that you're probably going to kick yourself over. Okay. Tommy Lastella. Yeah,
1: Lestella that's a good one that's a he really good one. He was an all-star one. last Yeah, time. that's a really good one. You hard pressed to find a better bench bat than Lestella. And they did
0: not have bench bats last year.
1: No, and you know I don't have the numbers in front of me but I would I would have to guess that over that that 2 or 3 year span he had to have been a top 5 pinch hitter. He had to have been. Yeah, yeah, he you was You just don't see you don't see regular pinch hitters. Hitting 280, 290—that's almost unheard of—to maintain that kind of average when you're just coming off the bench most of the time. It's that's really good.
0: 2017, he had a 389 OBP.
1: 389. That's yeah, that's insane. And it's it actually is kind of surprising to me that it took this long for him to find a starting role somewhere. I assume he's gonna be a starter on the Angels.
0: Yeah, I just think it was the fact that he was on the Cubs. It was already mm-hmm. taken up by other bigger names.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he filled that role perfectly. He was not much of any sort of power there, uh, but until he it, got
0: to the Angels,
1: <laughs> yeah. But the Cubs, the Cubs weren't hurting for power though. They had power all across there. Oh, no, they didn't
0: need so, it from him.
1: But just you know, having a pinch hitter, you know, you've got a great chance at getting. Uh, a single is is insanely valuable and so, yeah that's i am kicking myself that's a good one that is a really good one
0: think about all those ugly Addison Russell and uh Daniel Vescalso at bats last year and think about had they been replaced with a Tommy La Stella you probably score some more runs and you probably win a few most more likely. ball games most likely yeah um you know it's really really kind of crazy if you go on Baseball reference, and you go look up the 2016 Chicago Cubs. You, you you just go on their main page where it has all the players and all the stats. You look at the list of players who played for that team, and you realize how a majority of those players are gone. Yeah, yeah, it's you know the core is mostly still
1: there, but it, it's it is sad that a lot of those key figures are not in the picture anymore
0: you know John Lester and Kyle Hendricks are right now the only pitchers left on the team from that entire pitching staff
1: that is a little bit mind-blowing I I believe it but just but just hearing that is it is a little weird to think that it's it's that much different than just a few years ago
0: and, you know, if you're listening you don't believe me, Jake Arrieta, gone. John Lackey, gone. Travis Wood, gone. Montgomery, gone. Cahill, gone. Warren, gone. Zestrisny, gone. Patton, gone. Buchanan, gone. Edwards, gone. Peralta, gone. Clayton Richard, gone. Pedro Strope is now gone. Hector Rondon, gone. Grimm, gone. Neil Ramirez, yeah. gone. Chapman, gone. Madditz, Joe Nathan, are- Joe Smith, Concepcion, Felix Pena, all gone. Two of those guys that... that- at that point, we all had really high hopes that
1: they'd be a big part of the bullpen for at least a few more years to come, Justin Grimm and Neil Ramirez.
0: Yeah. Boy, remember when Neil Ramirez first came up? He mm-hmm. was dominant. Mm-hmm. And then all those injuries just killed him. You
1: know, both both of those guys, Grimm too, when he was on, he was really good. But, oh, man, yeah. but when he wasn't on, it was a
0: train wreck. Hector Rondon, those years he was the closer in 14 and 15 and the first half yeah. of 16, he was as underrated as you can find. I Feel really bad for how things ended up with Hector. I, I, I just, I,
1: I hold to my opinion that losing the closer spot just damaged his mentality. I
0: think it did too. I don't think yeah. it did him any favors, at least. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it is hard for guys who are just fastball slider to keep it up for a number of years, but. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there was something there to that.
1: Yeah, you're going to have a shorter shelf life as a pitcher when you rely mostly on your velocity. It's, you know, you are you can only do so much before you start to lose a tick or two. It, it happens to everyone, unless yep. you're juicing.
0: Yeah, right. Now, you look at the batters, too. Everyone who played a position in 2016. A- again, it's not a lot left. From uh, one to eight for the guys who had, you know, it, a lot of the at bats. I mean, Baez had a lot, but he was ranked ninth for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, because he wasn't an everyday guy at the time. But among the everyday guys, Montero gone, Benzobras gone, Russell gone, Soler gone. I don't know if it's just you, but I keep forgetting Solaire was part of that team. I don't because
1: I, I, I irrationally liked Solaire. Like I knew,
0: despite
1: despite all of his flaws, I was a really big Solaire fan. He was a guy that I wish they could have held on to longer. In hindsight, it was absolutely the right move uh you know i know i know he hit uh, a ton of home runs last he hit year Some it's, moon it's, shots it's yeah. still it still was the right call i think that was just a really likeable roster from beginning to end that year and mm-hmm. man joe nathan was a really underrated story too I, uh did
0: did he did he get a ring i think so that's pretty that's cool so did Brian Maddox in that one start that oh, was... Oh, uh, Maddox, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That right. was the uh,
0: Lester another, walk-off. Another cool
1: story, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jorge Soler, I was huge on him in 2014. And remember in 2015 when he had that monster postseason?
1: Mm-hmm. Him yeah, and yeah. Schwarber he, he, were the he boppers. He carried them in, 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 at the beginning of that postseason.
0: Honestly... Soler, Soler was the guy in that first series. I thought... Going into twenty fifteen, I thought Solaire was gonna be the perennial all-star of the Cubs core. I really yeah,
1: did. I was hoping he could be, but man, we, we knew about his flaws. He had some holes in his swing and he man, he went on cold streaks. Uh and and, Why and making literally it? literally the cold was his kryptonite too. <laughs> <You> remember <Yeah. laughs> remember yes. in the in the early part of the season he'd be wearing that full body compression oh, yes. outfit underneath and yeah. He looked like yeah. Slender Man out that there. That man,
0: that man did not like playing in the cold. No, no, but boy, when he got a hold of one, go just watched yeah. his Cubs highlights. Yeah. The he, ones that he hit off the board, who, man,
1: punished baseballs when he hit home runs. I mean, he he really swung with authority. It's it's so weird. I mean, sometimes you see a guy hit a home run and it you know it goes a long ways, but it just didn't. It didn't look. Like, he pummeled it. It looked fairly effortless. Every time Solaire hit a home run, it just looked like he was destroying the base. Oh,
0: yeah. It looked like
1: a vapor trail. Maybe it's just because of his physique. I mean, he, he's a pretty jacked guy, but... Dude hits him hard. Yeah. I mean, the dude hits
0: him hard. Yeah. He hit 48 home runs last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's you can, you can just tell off the bat. There's home runs, and then there's home runs with some authority, some oomph to him.
0: You know, it's 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 good to see him thrive in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, it's it's my opinion that unfortunately Solaire was never going to develop into the player he was if he stayed in Chicago, right? With all the other players, uh, you know, bringing in Jason Hayward with all the other players on the roster, it just it wasn't going to happen here. And you know, when they no. traded Soler away. It, you, he had the holes in his swing. He also had a lot of nagging injuries. So it, they were pretty lucky to get a year out of one of the best closers in baseball at the time and Wade Davis uh, for Solaire. And finally that trade is paying off for the Kansas city Royals, but yeah, you know, it's I, I'm glad he was able to go to a place where he could finally reach his potential. And I, I think Solaire is a good fit on a team like the Royals. You know, the, the
1: Royals obviously are not particularly close to being, uh, a competitive, serious team in the league, and I think you for a team like that, you need a player like Solare who can potentially hit fifty home runs mm-hmm. to give fans a reason to come to the games. You know, Solare for yeah, the Royals sure. is the the excitement of that team.
0: He he basically is. There's not much else on that team right now, and also, I mean, let's be real, he is much more suited to be a DH.
1: Oh yeah. It's going he,
0: to be a long term DH. He
1: he absolutely belongs in the American
0: League, without a doubt. Exactly. Another few interesting names on this uh, this list at 2016 Cubs. Do you remember when Jamie R was one of our notable prospects? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's not exactly lived up to the hype, but yeah, man, he he had tons of promise back then. And he was he was in his early twenties. And yeah, that Jamer Jamer would be an interesting one to see how he would have fit into this team had they kept him. It was I don't think it was ever realistic for them to hold on to him. Past, no,
0: past he was trade team. bait since day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Tigers in 2019, 94 games he slashed 203, 306, 337. Not great. Uh, the 2018, he did hit 19 homers in 144 games, but it's still a lot of holes in that swing. Unfortunately. Yeah,
1: he's he's For not him. exactly turned into the the next generation perennial all star that that we had hoped he would become.
0: We also had uh, the legendary Ryan Kalish that year. Seven games a Ryan. The legendary
1: Kalish. Ryan Kalish. Yes. The legendary we must face Ryan Kalish with
0: legendary. Of course, and then a guy I really, really, really liked, Matt Caesar. Yeah, Matt Caesar, good bench guy, good guy in general. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The way he uh, lent his his bat to Anthony Rizzo, you remember that? I remember NLCS? that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Rizzo breaking his cold streak using Caesar's bat. Ever since that started, yeah. I mean, you look at what he did in the NLCS and World Series. He was mashing the ball in many of those games. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, just everything about that season was so
1: perfect. Good, good, fun players, good stories. It, it was it was
0: pretty Hollywood picturesque. It's almost like it was so Hollywood that it it should have been clear to us that it was never going to go down like that again. It's good as the team was.
1: Yeah, I I think that in our lifetimes we'll never have it as good as we had it in 2016. It really was just easy breezing from beginning to end. Tense moments in the postseason, obviously, but beyond that, it was just a a breeze. And I don't know. There, there, there's something about baseball. It's like in the summertime. Generally, all of my nervousness and anxiety has to do with whether or not the Cubs are going to perform well. And in 2016, at at a certain point, there really was none of that anymore. It just felt like we were just biding our time until we finally got to watch postseason baseball.
0: Yeah, and you know, that was that in and itself was kind of nerve wracking because there was part of you that was thinking, Yeah, too oh, good, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's like, this Oh, god, just bound to crumble at any moment, right? Like, you know, watch them win 100 plus games, they have one of the best, if not the best mm-hmm. season of the modern era in Cubs history, yeah. and then in the postseason, they just completely flop. I feel that, yeah. Well, if remember 2008. The team looked unbeatable that year. I choose not to remember 2008. Oh, you've uh, you wiped it from your memory?
1: Yeah, yeah, I have erased it from the storage card of my brain.
0: Oh, that's that was nerdy. I,
1: <laughs> that was a really nerdy thing to say. Yeah, I might <laughs>
0: need to find a new co-host after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry. That was great. That, that that was so nerdy. That was actually pretty great. Like that was awesome. I try that though. I mean that season 2008 until 2015, 2016, no other team in the regular season in our lifetimes. Granted, we're not very old came even close to that season. Like they, they looked unbeatable. And it's just so mind-boggling how they had one of the most historically awful postseason performances ever against an 84-win Dodger team. Yeah. Jeez.
1: Yeah, it really does feel like how the mighty have
0: fallen. And that's, that's where some of my fears in 2016 started. But there was the other part of me saying... This team's different. This team mm. is just different. There's something about them. They're not like those other teams that crumbled. They're, you could sense there was something different, but the anticipation yeah. was always there.
1: I just think that you know when when you have the chance to to make history. I mean this it's it, that World Series championship is, is has more significance than anything in recent memory, maybe the Red Sox before that. but when you ha- when you have a chance to be part of the team that finally makes it happen after over a hundred years, uh, i mean there there's there's some different motivation, I think, behind that than than just you know being a regular contender going for it all.
0: right. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're trying to build basically the ultimate story the team I, that finally wins the world series i mean a lot
1: of the a lot of the free agents that signed with them around that time it, it, they said that almost verbatim that they they chose the cubs because they wanted to be a part of the team that finally made it happen i came here for jewelry John. yeah and i think that 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 kind of hurts them now because that's obviously that's out the window now that the world series is so fresh that it's there's not really good the historical significance of the whole thing is, is not really prevalent anymore, but, but they're still a good team capable of doing it all. And that should be enticing to free agents. But you know, that small part of it is now gone, which is kind of sad, but you know,
0: that's, yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's true. I I just think that I think they always want to win and I don't want to ever say that they have completely no hunger, but like we've said on this show before, you can definitely tell the difference between hunger when you don't have it and hungry for more when you do have it. It's right. it's different for certain teams. Teams like the Blackhawks, they constantly wanted more. The Cubs, they filled their bellies. They were, you know, looking for more, but they weren't like going on the prowl for it.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, you hate to say they were content because, you know, But it it felt like that at times. It definitely felt like that.
0: Yeah, it's it was really depressing the final month of last year when everything was pretty much done. You never thought that you would see a Joe Madden team just play to go through the motions. That's basically what it was that final month when they were when they were pretty much screwed. They were just going through the motions. And that is the way it looked. it, It did. And I think part of that was just knowing, okay, our manager is probably going to be gone after this. And the manager thinking, I know I'm going to be gone after this. And there's no big finale to play for. So we're just going to go through the motions. If if they were really contenders and they were in a big, tight division battle, then you'd say, you know what? This is likely the last year we're going to have our manager. Let's go out in glory. But by the time that they were in that final stretch of the season, they were out of it. Eh. Yeah it
1: it it was it was tough to watch because it it really just felt like they were going through the motions. And as much as I love Joe Madden and I'll be eternally grateful to him, I think that parting ways probably was the sort of spark of rejuvenation that this team needed. Yeah, the I, I reset do. button a little bit and I've, what's going on right now doesn't help at all for anyone but you know that's they, out of their everybody, control. everybody's in the same boat
0: though so right exactly now if they don't have baseball and they say that a year of control is going to happen i mean that means we could see no more john lester it means the last Lester yeah. Starkey he made would have yeah. been the last without us knowing
1: yeah, I haven't really kept up on that front. I, I, you know, if the if the MLBPA and the commissioner's office, if they're if they're doing any sort of negotiating on how a year of control shakes up in this strange time, uh, I, I I don't know. And honestly, I'm not sure whose
0: side I would take. It's it's a tough thing. It really is a tough tough position. But it's got it's got to all be figured out, you know, eventually. Because yeah, yeah, before you know it, time, you're either yeah. going to be starting the season or you're going to have to think about starting next year.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tough situation because the there is there is no half a year control anything like that. It, you no. you're either you either served your time or you didn't, and that's there's no gray area there. So it's. You know, whichever way it shakes out, I I think there's going to be a lot of people unhappy. But, you know, what can you do?
0: Yeah, so we're just going to keep an eye out. Hopefully, we'll get better news in the world and around sports. But obviously, the the news in the world has to get better first.
1: I, I mean, okay, so from the Cubs' perspective... Uh, you know we we have John Lester con- to consider these other free agents with just their uh, guys who will be a free agent after this year. That's one thing. Imagine the Red Sox and the Dodgers.
0: The Dodgers oh, yeah. trading
1: the Dodgers trading away high value prospects for mookie bets. And then they don't even get mookie bets for this year. I mean how does how does that shake out? the 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 Red Sox basically get these guys for nothing. The Dodgers think- the Dodgers trade nothing and <laughs> the Dodgers give away everything and
0: get nothing. And even so, even if you do re- if the Dodgers do sign him via free agency, you're probably thinking, well, if he was going to be a free agent, we could have tried for him regardless if we didn't trade for him yeah. and we still have these guys, but See, then again, if he did stay, he might have extended. You don't know, but I'm sure that's on their mind. It's, it's weird. See, that's the kind of scenario in, in which I could
1: see the teams like lawyering up potentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I don't think it would be, you know, out of character for the Dodgers to say, you know what? Give them back. Give them back. We didn't get Mookie. You don't get
0: them. <laughs> what is your return policy?
1: Yeah, they kept the receipt. Hopefully they kept the receipt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have the Dodgers GM flying to Fenway Park. He's like running up to the gates like holding the receipt in his hand. <laughs> One Mookie bets at least have some
1: sort of exchange policy.
0: Is <laughs> uh, Mr. John Henry, what is your exchange or return policy here? Or do I at least get do I at least get credit? All sales final, baby. <laughs> yes, John Henry just just puts on his sunglasses. Sorry, man. All sales are final. Should have read the fine print within the fine print.
1: I have a hard Such- time believing there is fine print for circumstances like these, though. I mean, this is really not the kind of thing you you think of when you're
0: writing these papers up. Well no, I mean that's that's the thing about this whole pandemic is going forward just in the entire world whether it's sports whether it's other sorts of business anything now they are going to have everything is going to develop some sort of protocol education yeah. too they're going to develop some sort of protocol for events like these there's no way that they're not going to after this
1: yeah I had just a lot of adapting on the fly and Who knows exactly what the new normal will be like, because uh, one thing's for certain is once we finally overcome this and hopefully we do sooner rather than later, things won't just go back to normal right away. It's going to be
0: weird. Some things will never be the same. Truly. Some things will be changed forever because of this. Yeah. It's sad. It is, but we're just going to hope that we can get through it, get through it strong and, you know, soon we can mm-hmm. return to normal, but all one we step can do at a is time. our
1: best and keep the best attitude we can.
0: Yep, and uh, you know, help those who need help, and be there for people who need help, and you know, be smart and take care of ourselves. And you yeah. know, it's it's a whole new lifestyle, but the the only thing we could do is make the best of it and do what's best for us and the people around us. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. Well said. All right, so I think that's going to wrap things up here on Climbing the Ivy. I want to thank everybody for listening. A reminder, you can check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You can also check out their Facebook and Twitter pages. Also, check out this podcast on iTunes.com. Until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.